Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Well, good morning. My name's Kenny, and uh, it's my honor to be the lead pastor here. We're, man, we've been walking through a series for the last while uh, called House of Hope. One of the things that um, I felt like God shared with me was that there's a community who is looking for hope, and so we've been talking about that uh, over the last while, and, uh, and so I have, a, I have a question for you. I don't know if this is true for you, um, but I, as a, as a kid, I hated taking tests. Anybody in the room, like, you, you hated taking tests? Yeah, a few people. Uh, if you love taking tests, raise your hand so that I can pray for you, because that's... That's weird. Like, I, I don't get that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was not a good test taker, right? So I was one of those kids that uh, I didn't really pay attention in class. Uh, I didn't really do my homework, but I kind of just picked things up pretty naturally. And I, I felt like I understood concepts and ideas and, and all that stuff pretty well. And if you were to just talk to me in passing, uh, I, I got you, right? I could explain certain things and, and I'd be fine. But it was the moment that the teacher said, all right, pop, pop quiz, or we've got a test today, and all of a sudden it's quiet in the room, and I'm going through all this stuff, and like I get this, you know, question one, and it asks like, "What's your name?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, I, what is? Oh my gosh, should I write down my full name, like my real name, like, like t- test taking was just difficult for me, um, and and I don't know if that's true of you, but the reality is, is that whether it was in school taking tests. Um, all of us at some point come along some form of a test in our life. Some of you are walking through it right now. You're dealing with maybe some financial things, some relational things, some crazy folks at work. Your boss is a jerk. Like, uh, I, I don't know, your HOA is acting foolish and, you know, trying to do crazy stuff. That We all deal with tests, and the idea that tests do in us is it's really the idea that it wants to test our knowledge and our understanding on a subject, Right? That's, that's what a test is. And, and, and in life, part of that knowledge and wisdom is can you, like, persevere? Can you, can you, do you have enough know-how, uh, wherewithal to kind of, like, figure it out and keep moving on? Because this life is difficult, no doubt. But we're sitting in a church, and I'm not just going to talk to you about necessarily, you know, all of the little things in your life today. But, but the reality is, is that many of us have had or are walking through, and if you haven't yet, you will at some point walk through, a test of your faith. This is where, uh, in theory, we have this idea that we believe in Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life. At some point, maybe we even prayed a prayer, we put our trust in him, and he saved us. And yet, there are times in our life when things go off the rails, or maybe it doesn't look so good, we're not really sure, that our faith is pretty shaky. And in that moment, contextually and, and, and conceptually, we say, man, I, I got faith. And yet in that moment, when a test actually comes about and it actually gets to the point, some of us, our report cards show that we got some D's and F's in our faith. And so today, I want to talk to you around the idea um, and, and to help bring some hope for the test. Because again, whether you're in one now, you've been one in the past, or one is coming, All of us at some point are going to deal with a test of our faith, and that's what we're going to lean into today. So if you have your Bible, I want you to pull it up, and uh, i got several places I'm going today. We're going to be in Hebrews, we're going to be in Genesis, 
Uh, we're going to be in uh, Malachi. We're going to be all over the place. So if you have your Bible, great. If not, uh, with those scripture on the screen, the Home Church app is a great place to log into. We have a, a live event happening right now. You can find it there. If you're watching online, we're going to throw it uh, at my feet. And so again, we've been walking through this series called House of Hope where we want to bring hope to a lot of the different situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in life. And we've been teaching through what's known as the faith chapter, which is Hebrews chapter 11. We've been going through it verse by verse. And so today, we're going to continue in this uh, around the idea of hope for the test. And so uh, every week, we started with Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. So we'll start there again today. This is the baseline scripture for where we've been in this entire series. And here's what it says in Hebrews 11 and 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is is the whole idea that we've been looking for faith, and faith comes by hope. We've said that faith is a habit of hope, and faith gives us confidence in things that we cannot see, and it gives us assurance about things that have not happened yet. That's what faith is. That's what the Bible describes as faith. And so, continuing in our series, we're going to be in verse 17. And Hebrews 11, verse 17 through 19 says this. By faith, Abraham, we've been talking about Abraham and Sarah a good bit, right? By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So what what Hebrews is setting us up for is a story that we've been talking a little bit about. Uh, Abraham and Sarah, both old in age, were given a promise of God that they would have children and be blessed by God. God and have a, and be a blessing to many nations. They struggled in their own age, in their old age, and and finally God made this promise come to life, and they had a son together named Isaac. And then along the way, uh, Isaac was about thirteen years old, and God gave him a, a, a test, and He said, "I want you to take Isaac up a mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him." It was wild. I mean, right, let's just be real. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pretty wild story, right? And so we're going to look at this test that God gave Abraham around his faith. And so this story is found in Genesis chapter 22. So if you have your Bible, join me. Genesis chapter 22. And uh, we're going to start in verse 1. Um, if you're there, say, let's go. let's go. All right, if you still need a minute, say, hold up. Okay, we'll give you a second. We'll give you a second. All right, Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse 1. This is that story in its context. Uh, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, here, I'm sorry, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. 
He said to his servants, stay with the donkey while I, uh, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went, to get, went on together. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now... I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns and went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So here we have this story of Abraham being willing to sacrifice his only son. Now, there, there's so much imagery in this story that you need to understand real quick because it's kind of an out there story. I mean, the idea that God would test Abraham, that he would ask him to sacrifice his one and only son, there, there's a lot of ties and connections here that you need to understand uh, around God and his foreshadowing of what's to come. Abraham was the father of our faith, and, and God asked him to sacrifice his son. And then, I don't know if you caught it, but it said that Abraham put the wood on his son. All of this foreshadows God's only son, Christ Jesus, being sacrificed on wood to pay the price for your sin and for mine. And the thing is, is that what, what, what Abraham was willing to do, at least in practice, it got to a place where God believed that he trusted him. And then generations later, God would actually do the same thing and actually allow his son Jesus to die, to pay the price for your sin and for mine. What a, what a tremendous sacrifice. But this was a test. And can I just be real with you? Man, it's a test I'm not sure I could pass. Like, can we just be real? Like, a, a lot of times we read these Bible stories and we're like, yeah, it worked out, and Abraham trusted me. Like, yo, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I would respond in a test like that. I think if we're all being real, I think most of us would be like, man, I don't know. Now, that's one thing to sacrifice your child. But God asks for our sacrifice and obedience in lots of things. I want to show you what this looks like. Here's one thing I need you to hear. In your life, especially when testing comes, because testing does come, um, many of us give too much credit to Satan. You think everything going bad in your life is the work of Satan. Can I just tell you this? You probably never heard this before. But your God is powerful and sovereign and over all things. Anything that happens to you, and I know this is going to mess up some of y'all, 
But anything that happens to you, God allowed it to happen. I'm not saying he made it happen. I'm saying he allowed it to happen. So stop giving Satan credit for some of the things going on in your life and understand that sometimes in the good and sometimes in the bad, things don't look good. God allows things to happen. But his word teaches us that he works all things out for the good of those who love him. So even in the difficult times when it looks like this is no good, how could God allow this to happen to me? I need you to start with this baseline understanding that God is sovereign and he is in control. And anything that happens to you, he allows to happen. We gotta stop giving Satan credit for all the bad things. He's not that good. He's not that powerful. So, it leads to this question. At least it led to this question when I was considering this this week. Why does God test us? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about, like, why, why, why would God do that? Why would God send Abraham up a mountain to, to sacrifice his son? Why would God make you walk through some difficult things to test? Why would God do that? Well, the answer is found in Scripture. I want you to see this. So 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. This is way in the backside of your New Testament Bible, almost to the back there. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 it says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Watch this who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Meaning, your hope in Christ Jesus gives you hope for eternity, and one day it will ultimately be revealed when Christ Jesus comes back to receive you. So no matter how good or bad things might be right now, we do have hope for the future that when Jesus comes back, all things are gonna be put in place. Verse six, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. But then it, it makes it even clear. Verse seven. These have come, what has come? All kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. What the scripture is saying is, why are you tested? You're tested because ultimately, Pure things come when fire is added. If you've ever seen the process of refining gold or refining any kind of metal, there is heat added to the situation, and it is melted down, and ultimately, the hotter it gets, the purer that the metals get to. Because what happens is that the purity in the gold will remain at the bottom, and the impurities rise to the top, ultimately to be extracted out so that pure gold can exist. Friend, this is, this is the example of testing that happens in your life. Your faith is gold. And, and, and in the testing, in the warming up, it is made more pure. And the imperfections and the impurities that you and I both have, sin, lack of faith, things like that, will happen. 
In testing, they rise to the top. Our impatience, our lack of trust, our lack of faith, all of those things bubble up when the heat gets on. And what God wants to do in the testing is prove your real faith, the real gold, and help you extract away the impurities, the things that are holding you back. So what good and incredible news is it that God tests you, that he puts you to the fire, because ultimately your faith is being refined so that you can see the imperfections and by God's grace remove them out of your life and have pure gold, pure faith. Isn't that a beautiful thing? This is this process. This is the thing that God is walking you through. That's why you get tested, because God wants to purify your faith, right? So then it, I think it leads to another question. Well, if God can test us, which he can and he does, I think it's a fair question to ask, well, can we test him? Uh, this happens to my children all the time. Uh, I have a seven-year, uh, well, hey, holy smokes, I better be careful. Uh, Jackson is going to be seven in January. Uh, he's six right now, and I have four-year-old twins. Jackson gets to do some things that the twins don't get to do. And inevitably, you know what they say to me? Well, Jackson got to do it. Can I, can I do it? I mean, so it's kind of in us. Like when we see something happen, you know, it's why oftentimes when people, when our kids get in a fight, what ha- they get punched in the mouth, what happens? They, they fight back. Well, Johnny hit me first. There's kind of this natural thing in us that says, well, if God can test me, I'm going to test him. Can I test him? And as a believer, I think it's a fair question. So I want to address it. Can you test God? The answer is yes, kind of, maybe, all right? All right. I, I, I want you to see this, okay? I, I want you to understand that, that there is a situation in which you can test God. I want you to see this. Uh, if you have your Bible, go to Malachi in chapter 3. I want to set up this story. Uh, what's happening is God's people are, are walking through this moment where they're being unfaithful to God, and he says, hey, I want you to come back to me. I want you to to stop robbing me. And the people say, robbing you? You're God. How can we rob you? And he tells them, you're robbing me because you refuse to give tithes and offerings. You can go read it, Malachi chapter 3. And then he he gives this one moment because he's calling them back to him. And 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 he says this in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. He says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Now, one of the things that you've got to understand here is is this concept and this idea of the storehouse. This is the only place in Scripture. You can go and search. You can do a word search. You can read the Bible and take your time and look at every word. This is the only place in Scripture where God gives permission to test him. One and only. Right here. Did you hear that? So, can we test God? Yep. How? Right here. This is it. This is the one. He gives you permission to test him in. So in the Old Testament, there was this priest and and Levitical uh, uh, priesthood where people would bring a tithe, and and oftentimes in this culture, it was 
uh, it was cultural goods. It was wheat and barley and, and dill and, and, you know, things like that. They would bring a tithe that would be stored up so that everyone would be able to be fed in good and in bad times. And this is how God made sure he took care of his people, that everyone gave back something so that everyone could be fed. Now, in, in our day, in the New Testament, this relates to us. The church, the local church, is the storehouse where we bring back a piece of what God's given us, and all of a sudden, we all get fed. Every week you show up, you get fed the Word of God. Your children, even in Treehouse Kids, are fed. Your students at, at, at Fuse are being fed. The local storehouse is the church house. And God calls us to bring a tithe so that everyone can be fed. And this is the place where he says it's okay to test him. Now, I think that it's super interesting that the one and only place that God gives us permission to test him is in the one other place that many of us, we wouldn't sacrifice our children, and you know what else we won't sacrifice? Our money. Isn't that interesting? I think it's just an interesting thing. God's not asking you to sacrifice your children, but to some of you, your money means even more. <laughs> and yet, this is the place that he calls you to be obedient, and not just that, but to test him. He said, test me in this, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room to store it. It's an interesting place. Well, pastor, how do you know, is that the only thing? Like, why, why, am I, why can I test God in this? It's because oftentimes in our, in our lives, we have idols that take the place of God. And in most people's lives, the two main idols are children and money. And this goes right along with other texts in Scripture. You can go and read this uh, later, it's not going to be on your screen, but Ma Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, I've shared this verse the last three weeks, but it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The point of that is simply this, wherever you put your treasure, that's indicative of where your heart wants to be. This lines up with what God is saying. And ultimately, what, what he's saying to them in Malachi, what he's saying to us now, is where you invest what you have, it clearly speaks to what you care about. And by the way, whenever I say treasure, I don't just mean money. <laughs> time, I think, is a treasure. What you devote your time to, what you, what you spend your time doing, I think is a, is a treasure that you're able to, to give. I think also your talent, what you're gifted with, what God naturally gave you in the way of your talent, I think he gives you the ability to invest it into something. And I believe that what Scripture is saying is where your treasure, your time, your talent, and your money, I think where you put those things is indicative of where your heart is. So why would God not want to test you in this? Because ultimately, he's not so interested in your money he wants your heart. And the way that he gets your heart is when you trust him with all things. Your children, your money, your job, your health. You can start to go down the list. The testing is to purify your faith. One of the ways that God knows your faith is 
is imperfect in so many places is in how you trust him with the things that matter most to you. This is what he's calling you to, to trust him in all things. So then, I think it leads to a final question. So if God can test us and we're able to test him, like ultimately, like there's some testing going on. I don't know about you, but I loved getting, uh, finding out the answers to the test. Now, uh, I was pretty good. I didn't cheat in school. Um, I don't know why. I probably should have, actually. <laughs> I probably would have done way better. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but I had one of my favorite teachers. He did this. He would uh, be given a lecture, and he would say, oh, that would make a great five-point question on the test. And your boy's like writing that down because I knew it's coming, right? I don't know about you, but if there's a test, I want to know the answer so that I can pass. Well, I think there are two main ways that you can pass the test that you're walking through right now or that you will walk through, the test of faith that God's going to walk you through. Here's how you pass it. There are two things. Number one is obedience. Oh, man, that's a cuss word in our culture, obedience. I heard that pastor cuss today. What did he say? He said obedience. (laughs) How do we pass the test? Number one, obedience. Look at what the scripture says. This is Jesus talking. The son of God, your savior. This is what he says in John 14 and verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. How do I be obedient? How do I pass the test? Well, I need to know and understand what God's Word teaches me, His commands, and I need to do it. And I need to do it. There's a really simple phrase that I like to give people because a lot of times, Following Jesus can be complicated at times. The church has made it really hard. But I want to give you a simple phrase that you can latch on to when it comes to being obedient. Simply this. Listen to Jesus and do what he says. Pretty easy, right? Well, it's easy to say. Let's be real. It's harder to do. Listen to Jesus and do what he says. That's how we be obedient. That's step number one to passing the test. Step number two to passing the test is sacrifice. It's sacrifice. Man, there's a reason that God uh, tested Abraham, and the thing he tested him in is what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to say no to, in essence, to say yes to me? This is what your God is asking of all of us. This is the journey he's walking us on. This is a part of the life of being a believer. This is the test. What are you willing to sacrifice? I'm gonna go back and show you this first part of Hebrews that we read today, and I wanna read it to you again because I I think it lays it out perfectly. Hebrews 11, back to our root text today, in verse 17, by faith, Abraham when tested, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. 
even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. When God calls us to sacrifice, here's what he's asking us to trust him for, which is whatever you're willing to kill off that he asked you to kill off, he's willing to bring back to life. That's how good he is. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac because he already trusted that God would bring him back from the dead even if he did die. That is an incredible amount of faith. That's an incredible amount of trust. Now, God was gracious and merciful that Abraham didn't have to go through this, but the example that Hebrews, the faith chapter, is trying to point back out to me and you is all the way back, our founding father was willing to sacrifice his son. Now, in our culture, that sounds crazy. Like someone's gonna catch a YouTube clip of this and they're gonna put it out there, pastor says, kill your kid. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not saying that. In fact, I, I wanna be very clear. This kind of a test is not normative. Hear me. I don't believe God's gonna ask you to go kill your children. In fact, I know he's not. This was a test given specifically to Abraham and it is not normative for me and you. Here's what it is. It is foreshadowing the narrative that you need to understand that from the very beginning, God had a plan to do this with his own son. And when you and I can't comprehend and conceive being willing to allow our children to die, God says, I love you so much that I allowed it to happen so that you and I could be in relationship. That's what your God is saying to you today. He's saying, I love you so much and yes, I'm gonna ask you to be obedient to me. Yes, I'm gonna ask you to sacrifice things. But I'm telling you, I love you so much that I was willing to allow my son to die. Well, how, Kenny, how, how can you hold true to the idea that whatever God allowed to die, he will at some point bring back to life? It's right there in the scripture. Three days later, his son got up out of a grave. Walked the earth for 40 days ascended into heaven and right now sits at the right hand of God the Father, waiting to return to receive his bride. And here's the other promise that you can hold on to. Because I know many of you, part of your testing and part of your trial is that you've lost other people and you might be saying, yo, pastor, I didn't see what I had lost come back to life. This is where we have to go back and trust the scripture. Where Jesus will come back and make all things good and right and perfect. And the thing that you lost in that moment will be brought back to life. That's what he's asking you to trust in. He's asking you to trust that he's good. He's asking you to trust that he will fulfill his promises. He's asking you to trust, even in the test, that hope exists for you. Would you have some hope today? The testing is a refining of your faith to bubble up the impurities that can be taken away. He loves you. 
and he is good on his promises. The hope that we all have is not in this world. It ain't in a preacher. It ain't even in a church. Our hope is found in one place and one place only, in Christ Jesus, God's one and only son. That's it. You need hope today in your test? Trust in him. Easier said than done? Oh yeah, (laughs) totally. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was terrible at tests. And man, even though I stand here as your pastor, my job is to kind of be the, the, the leader in faith in this house. Can I just be, can we just be transparent? Man, your boy struggles in his faith as well. There are things in my life that I look at and I struggle. And I have to summon up every bit of trust and faith to believe God to continue to walk and navigate, even when it doesn't make sense. That's what he's asking of you, friend. Would you stand to your feet? And here's what I want to do. I just want to give you a moment. I'll encourage you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to give you a moment here to just consider maybe what you're walking through, maybe the test that you've been through, maybe the test you're in now, maybe maybe to, to settle and confirm in your heart that you know a test will come. And today, would you just ask God to do a work in your heart to build your faith? To purify your faith, that when trials and tests come, that impurities would be wiped away and that pure gold would be found in you. Would you ask God right now that if There's hope that you need and faith that you need to be built. Would you ask him to do that right now? In your own heart, would you just ask him to build your faith? Oh, be careful, friend. Don't ask him for more trials. He'll be willing to give it to you. But ask him to build your faith when the trials do come. I want to pray over you. Father God, come to you right now in the name of your son Jesus my savior our lord God difficulties come and it is hard in this human skin to constantly walk in faith so God I pray right now over this house and everyone under the sound of my voice, I pray a new measure of the outpouring of your spirit on our lives. I pray a new and a growing faith in each of our hearts. God, I pray that you would do a stirring up of our spirit, that in the moments of testing and trial, that our spirit would be stirred to know and to recognize that this is a moment ordained by you that we can grow in our faith or we can subside. And God, I pray that our response would be to take a step forward, trusting you that no matter what we encounter, you have good plans for us. God, would you encourage and give hope to your children today? Would you build their faith today, God? Would you speak life 
into their situations. God, would you speak hope into their circumstances? God, would you give them a peace that only comes through knowing you? Father, right now, if anyone in the room does not know you or is away from you, God, I pray that your spirit would stir their heart and say, come home. And I pray they would relinquish to you, surrender to you, put their trust in you right now. God, we love you. And God, even when we don't understand what's happening in our lives, we will learn and God, we want to trust that you are good and you are faithful God, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.